Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. A Game Warden's children's book titled A Cowboy in the Woods is a story of Bobby, a boy who spends the whole summer observing wildlife, writing notes in his notebook, fishing with his dad, and keeping track of all the animals in his neighborhood while trying to solve a neighborhood mystery. What he discovers is more than just an appreciation for the natural world. The idea for this book came from Wayne Saunders' own childhood experiences, growing up and exploring the woods and streams and lakes and ponds of his native New Hampshire. The love of nature instilled in his childhood led him to a career as a conservation officer. Wayne Saunders is a retired lieutenant conservation officer from the New Hampshire Fish and Game Department. Lindsay Webb is a naturalist, wildlife biologist, and environmental educator. Together, they collaborated with wildlife artist Ashley Mares to produce The Cowboy in the Woods, the story of a boy whose love of nature leads him in unexpected directions. Available at wardenswatch.com and Amazon. Warden's Watch Podcast is now on Patreon, combining the Thin Green Line Podcast and the Warden's Watch Podcast on Patreon to bring member-exclusive extra content both video, audio, and with product deals as well. Become a member to support our podcast and get something extra. Search Warden's Watch Podcast on Patreon. We love our children. We protect them. We guide them. We prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do, from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things. Life-threatening illnesses and disabilities affect far too many of our children each year. While we cannot change the circumstance, we can make dreams come true. Dreams to provide hope, to provide spiritual healing and strength, to provide moments of happiness and relief in the hardest of times. We can give a glimmer of light and hope in a time of darkness and despair. Join huntofalifetime.org to help make dreams come true, to provide hope for children with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nonprofit organization fulfilling dreams for hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Visit huntofalifetime.org to learn how you can make a difference.
please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experiences of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from game wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves game wardens. This is Game Warden, Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch. Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experiences of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from game wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves game wardens. This is Game Warden, Wayne Saunders. Brought to you in part by International Wildlife Crime Stoppers, New Hampshire Wildlife Heritage Foundation, and Maine Operation Game Thief. So, uh... Make your state fishing license and then get the permit from online from Paul's Valley. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's uh, paulsvalley.com. Yes, sir. Have a great one. How much is that going to happen? <laughs> it shouldn't. This is, this is, during this time of day, this is a... Uh, and I got a recording, by the way, at least the video side. <laughs> Let <laughs> yeah, you know. this is a, uh, a dead, usually a pretty dead road, and they've got a lot of road construction, so most people don't come through here. Yeah. So I'm like... That was a PEC truck, and that's but you know, being a game warden, that's how you go. I know anywhere. that's why I, I threw the record on the the video right away so I could capture that because <laughs> exactly there's there's hardly any space that you can't you can hide. No, I, that's I did a I Peggy actually I live there out the lake, and so people come up to the house all the time. It's never ending, so I never yeah. have a, like I have to go completely. I had to go completely away from here to even. And not mm-hmm. have any time so yeah i just stopped at another warden's house in pittsburgh and uh he's like the it's like the information center there was actually <laughs> a line when i got there there was two guys and one was waiting to talk to him and i was like <laughs> well man i i don't know i guess that's kind of the old way of doing things but i with my experiences and stuff i hate people coming to my house for work mm. i just oh i hate it and yeah. so when i first my wife hated it too, and I I, I discouraged it strongly. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, the my first got assigned. I had a like where I lived at because we had bought a place, but it didn't have a house. We were having a build, so we were renting this little place, and it was right beside the freaking road. And everybody <laughs> and their dog knew where I lived at. They knew where I was at, and then 
they'd come up and like if my truck was there or if I was going in a personal vehicle, they just knock on the door. And at the time I was married, like I just, I told her, I said, Hey, if you don't know who they are, just tell them I'm not there and go away. And, and like I, and people would come up, I'd be trying to do something. They just come up want to talk. And I'm like, guys, I'm literally trying to mow my yard or I'm working on some <laughs> stuff in the shop. Like, ah, like this, this sucks. And then I had a guy, I busted this guy and he kept telling me everything from around my house. And I'm like, he's like, man, I, I own property just to the South of you. I had, I had, I had two great big Rottweilers at the time. And he was asking me about my Rottweilers and I'm like, bud, I'm the least of your worries. You come bouncing in that backyard. I promise you. <laughs> and I, boy, it made me so mad. And after that, I was like, I will never live close to a road again. Just, yeah. I, man, that drives me nuts. Like they knew exactly where I'm at, what I'm doing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. God dang. Cruise <laughs> by your house to, if they're going night hunting, make sure you're oh, there. Yeah. They can see it. Yeah. Like my lieutenant that lives just the south of me. He doesn't live right beside the road, but his house, there's no trees in front of it. Mm-hmm. And if you drive by there, where he parks at, you can see it. And which I'm from kind of that area, I, which I know everybody around here, they, they check him all the time. They mm-hmm. know exactly where he's at and they know exactly when he leaves and when he's there and when he's not, which I'm sure they do it to me here because I live at a lake. Mm-hmm. But where I, where I park at, like if I'm gone, like if I'll leave my work truck, I'll pull my work truck behind the camper and I'll leave out so nobody, oh crap, his truck hitting there. We gotta, we better watch what we're doing. <laughs> I'll play mind games back. I ain't worried about it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Parking yeah. around the back of the house so they can't see it's not in the normal spot for sure. Yeah. yeah. Where, where did he go? He, he was here. Now he's not. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's the price of, you know, my house is very, very, very difficult to see from the road. So it's up on the hill and there's plenty of trees surrounding it. So that's been pretty good. I I can't complain, but the place I lived before I was married, it was, you know, the town, uh, the court clerk lived across the street and she'd be like, where were you last night? You didn't come home. (laughs) (laughs) All right, nosy Nancy. (laughs) Yeah. Hey. Yeah, it's crazy how much people pay attention and, and mm. what they're what they're actually paying attention to. And yeah, it's crazy. Like you don't even think about it. And, I mean, they're watching you just as much as we're watching them. So, <laughs> so true, Ty. So true. That's uh, the way it goes. Cool. So, how's things been up in the Northeast? It's been good. We went from friggin' cold to friggin' hot. Yeah. So from thirty one week to ninety the next. There was no spring. It was just crazy. But. Yeah, that was, we had, we went from, we had a really, really super dry winter and a really pretty dry spring. And then we had weeks of just 40 miles an hour wind. And mm. Oh my gosh, it was, it sucked. Like our, which our turkey season, our turkey population didn't do very good as it is, but, and we moved our turkey uh, season back to try to give them a chance to, to mate, but we did not have a very good turkey season from what I've seen. And mm-hmm. it's, and we're just now getting into kind of some rainy weather and bringing some water in, but it's been super dry and it's just, and we've hit several days of 90s already. And then all of a sudden this past week, we had a cold front. We were back into the 40s. <laughs> I was freezing. I didn't like it. Yeah. Like, I'll just get down already. Your lake's got to be down. Yeah. So, man, I don't know. It's kind of, I don't know. It's just kind of been a weird year. 
<laughs> yeah, no, no, no doubt, no doubt. So, but uh, yeah, some of the things I want to talk about certainly the TikTok because uh, <laughs> that's uh, for me. I think that's incredible that you're meeting uh, young people where they're at. And I did a a talk. Uh, the college I work for, I, part of my job is recruiting. So right. I go in and I talk to this class, at, and the only thing when when I said yeah, and I got a TikTok account, everybody perked up, and this girl's like instantly on it. She's like, "You got more followers than I do." <laughs> yeah, and it just—it's. It, I think it's so awesome that you do that because it's meeting you know this next generation where they're at. Yes. So it's it's great. Yeah, I, I. So that whole deal was an accident. Yeah, well, like, let's talk about it when we're recorded. Okay, I got you. Record. I got to do Okay. Well, um, yeah, because what what I find is I usually do a pre-interview and then it's everything we talk about again. So I've been <laughs> okay. stopping doing pre-interviews. But so Oklahoma State game warden for how long? Uh, been on. I just hit my five-year pin. Awesome. And you had previous law enforcement too, weren't you, sheriff? Yeah. Correct. I've been. I was a PD officer for three years, and then I was a, a correctional officer for four years. Cool. I worked. Uh, and I ended up being a. Uh, canine handler uh through through them for Neat. about a year awesome yeah does oklahoma have dogs not in the wardens no not yet we've been fighting it I, that was so whenever i got hired they that was one of the deals when i told them i said if we get dogs i'm getting one and they were like all right and so we've been hounding them hounding them hounding them like pun intended about doing it and we've been we've been getting we've been getting close to, to getting it done so yeah which did is you ever amazing. meet david decker or was he before your time he was before he was before me yeah um he had retired i think he retired either 15 or 16 and i was hired at 17 mm-hmm. yeah he's got a new hampshire connection his in-laws lived uh okay in new hampshire and he was on international wildlife crime stoppers with yep. me He's the reason I ended up hosting the conference in 17 because uh, we were in Oklahoma, I guess, yep. in 15 or yeah, right around 15. And uh, I went to the bathroom. And that's when they're discussing stuff like that. Uh, you never go to the bathroom because I came back and all I heard, y'all been to New Hampshire. It's such a pretty little state. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. right. You guys came to, you were at, no, did you come to Noia? What was that, 19? we had it here I did not i did not okay. so nope i was at the iwc there in oklahoma city when we did that but i didn't make the the, the now conference and you were there i'm assuming oh yeah yeah we were yeah. we were all there and that was pretty cool and cool uh, you going to nashville no see we had talked about it but it's kind of been pushed back pushed back with all the pandemic stuff and mm -hmm. i just hadn't made plans for doing any of it and so i just mm. didn't end up not i just we ended up not going yeah no, understandable. I'll be there. So we're going to be doing some podcasting there, which is oh, a great yeah. spot to do that. Yeah, because you catch a whole lot of people there. Yeah, and no, we're going to focus on cases so much so I can get a lot of individuals done rather than do, you know, one guy. It takes a long time. Yeah. So I'm thinking if I could cut it down to an individual case, kind of juice them real quick where they're from yep. and then talk about their case, then I can highlight a lot of different places uh, and a lot of different guys and girls from around the country, I think, uh, kind of make that into a new format so do that with an interview with a somebody so right you know yeah uh, which I, there's a deal that happened this fall uh because of a case that i work the the guys from mississippi called me over a thermal deal because i busted a dude with a set of thermals back in 18 
Mm-hmm. And they called me asking me how, how we worked all that. And I was like, dude, I said, it really wasn't a, out of that. Cause that's probably a most like, publicized case that I've ever worked, but it, I didn't have anything to do with it. It was simple. I made one phone call, went and met the kid and it was over with. Like it, it wasn't <laughs> like, I didn't do anything. And so I'm like, I, I mean, I'm just being straight up with you. I didn't like, <laughs> it was just kind of one of those deals, but he ended up like, I told him, I said, there's some other stuff. Like we work a lot of thermal here because mm. of, we got a bunch of oil money and stuff like that. Yeah. And all of our little rednecks, they all have money. So they go buy thermals and suppressors and everything else. Wow. And so <laughs> I'm like, this is what we're doing. And I gave him like what we're doing here. And he's like, okay. And so he ended up going back like where they were at in Mississippi and kind of copied what, what I told him, what we were doing on some of those cases. And he calls me, uh, like I said, that was probably September, October of this past year. He calls me in, I think it was December or January. He was like, dude, we finally got our guy. He said, we caught him on the road with what we were doing, wrote the search warrants and got him. And we've got him with like 30 something thousand dollars worth of fines right now. And we're just a hammer his butt. And he said, we've seized, I think, seven different thermal units, including one on a crossbow. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. And yeah. so, and like, whenever we get to the TikTok deal, because that's how. I've got cases across the freaking entire nation. I know you're sending them to everybody. Hey, look at this. Hey, look at that. And like, I'll have a bunch of guys reach back out to me and be like, Hey, Mm -hmm. what do you have on this? So I'll start (laughs) giving them info. And uh, I've I've had to write incident statements to Alabama, Nebraska, everywhere of where I'm getting this information and how I'm attaining it. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, that's incredible. On a public forum, so it, that's incredible, Ty. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I'll do a quick run in, and uh, those are all cool things I want to talk about. That's cool. great. So, I'll do it. okay, so I do ten seconds of silence. I'll give a, and I'll start into it, and uh, we'll go from there. Sounds good. On this episode of Warden's Watch, we have Ty Runyon from the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife Conservation. I always got to think about that, Ty, because everybody else is, it's a little different every time. And I looked it up just to make sure. That's right, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, everybody's, whether it's fish and wildlife, fish and game, game and fish. So <laughs> I'm always trying to, to make sure I hit the mark on that that stuff there. So I'm, I'm, I had to stop and think <laughs> after I just looked at it, you know, probably 30 minutes ago. But Ty and I have been uh, friends for actually pretty decent in a long time. Uh, and we kind of... <laughs> But I hate to say this because it sounds kind of weird. We met online. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did, for sure. We did at that. Yeah, we, we both kind of do social media. You know, it's it's part of Warden's Watch podcast is reaching out on that social media platforms, whether it's Facebook, Instagram. And Morgan Day, that used to work with me, uh, who's someday going to be a game warden for sure, said, Wayne, I started a TikTok uh, account for you. And, and it's not for you. It's for my generation. <laughs> and i said well, sounds good to me morgan because that i've learned so much from young people by sitting down and listening to what's going on with them and how they're commuting communicating i'm still watching my son um but right now tiktok is is hot and it, it just cracks me up i was i was telling ty earlier that i was in part of my job for the college is recruiting and i was in a high school doing recruiting 
And there was these girls just, they, they could care less what I was saying over the corner until I said I had a TikTok account and they were all over it. They were like, oh, you got a TikTok? And their ears perk up like German Shepherds and they're on it. And one girl's like, oh, you, you got more followers than I do. <laughs> so it was, uh, it, it's been a pretty, pretty entertaining, pretty educational. And Ty, uh, you know, you've been an Oklahoma game warden for five years. You worked at a local police department. You've done corrections. So you've been in the law enforcement game in a while. That's not usually a social media st- to h- highlight. Uh, h- how did you start doing this? Uh, <laughs> accident is how I'm going to say this. And so like, everybody has their little social media. Like everybody, whenever I was in college is when Facebook came around. So we all had Facebook, but then we all went to Instagram. And then so TikTok came out and wow. I like the videos, so I just got on it and was watching videos, just kind of like how everybody else does. And then I posted some videos from my Instagram on there of just like me and my family of, of our stuff doing our things and went on about it. Well, I posted uh, some uh, training videos. One of my training videos just kind of took off of uh, I'm an LEDT instructor, a driving instructor for the state of Oklahoma. And we were doing some TVI training, and so I posted a, a slow-mo video of, of me getting TVI, and that kind of went viral, and I was like, ah, oh, well, whatever. And, well, a couple weeks later, which that's in 2020 when the pandemic was kicking off, my sister is deathly afraid of snakes, and everybody knows that, like, I catch snakes and I handle snakes all the time. Well, my sister calls me, losing her mind, and this is when the shutdown, everybody was shut down, and I was close to her house, so I went over there. And I videotaped her and me catching this snake and it just took off. And then, so I started videoing as the, the, just that part of the year kicked off of me and some other wardens doing things, not really anything going on. And then all of a sudden it just started taking off. Like it was complete accident on how this whole deal took off. It just, just went from there. And then it just, just kept videos, kept going million views, a hundred and something thousand views, 500,000 views. Just everything I was doing was taken off. I'm like, holy cow. And it was just, I don't know. It just turned into something really neat, but it wasn't by design. And then I had to learn how to navigate all of that because like we said, law enforcement isn't very pro social media. Mm-mm. And so I had to learn how to navigate it. I had a set down meeting with supervisors and they just went from the very top all the way down to me. All right, if you're going to continue to do this, we're going to, this is what we want you to do. Uh, we like your outreach because like what you said, mm-hmm. it's it's about outreaching and uh, being able to communicate with that next generation. Yeah. And then it's just kind of went from there. There's like, here's your guidelines. Here's the rules for you to follow on doing this. Stay within these guidelines. You're golden. Cool. Mm-hmm. Let's rock and roll. And then it's just <laughs> went to 175,000 followers now. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's uh, yeah, it's so awesome that they they took that approach because uh, most department I would think would be scared. <laughs> they were, uh, and it wasn't a, it it were. Wasn't a unanimous decision. <laughs> it was uh, from from supervisors and the meetings or whatever that I wasn't privy to. It was a pretty hot topic on whether they're going to say yes because. My department has its own uh, media outlet, and mm-hmm. we have our our CNE division. Which, if they have their TikTok, they have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that, and they 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 do an actual really good job for the department. 
mm-hmm. but it's not focused on like the game warden side where my stuff was game warden first. Well, my family stuff and my stuff first, and then throw in some game warden stuff and then the department stuff. So they were like, he's outreaching for game wardens and us. And so they, like I said, they, it took them a little bit to get the guidelines on what they wanted me to do. And here we are to the, today. And I still, I catch a lot of heat from it because like I walked into a sheriff's office <laughs> the other day and I literally just, and it's one I've never been into and I had to go, uh, we caught a, we've been working a set of uh, cases in this other, this other County. And I had all the charges for what we've been working. So I walked in the, the courthouse, which not my courthouse, never been there. And this guy looks at me, smiles. He goes, Hey, it's TikTok tie. And I'm like, Oh my God, here we go. <laughs> and so I just smile at him and yeah, man. And they're like, they're like, what are you doing up here? And I'm like, Hey, I just got to drop some charges off. And they're like, Oh, you need to go over here. And which they were all super cool about it, but yeah, I don't know. It's been, it's been interesting. It's kind of, it's kind of a pseudo celebrity kind of deal. Like it's Absolutely. Not, yeah. And so like, it's nothing to, because it's, it's social media. It's really, mm-hmm. it's, it is what it is. And it's a tool and you got to use it for good and bad. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I try to keep it positive and which most of my stuff's educational, but yet funny. Like, yes, I try to keep things pretty lighthearted. So, and it has to be somewhat entertaining for people to be engaged in it they have to kind of chuckle they have to kind of laugh they have to kind of make fun of themselves you have to kind of make fun of yourself oh yeah and uh, that's that's how you reach it and that's how they they start following you and and in that you're right you you can get that information out you can negotiate that stuff which uh and i'm not saying i'm one at all because i just i I throw things up and see if they stick and uh Which, so, do I, so yeah and, and some of them does do awesome and some of them do okay and yeah i mean it's just it's great but it, it what a tool because like i said uh the, this generation they're they're not facebook they're not instagram and then you mentioned tiktok and they all perk up you know and yeah. it was just you know and i know my kids snapchats all the time and i, I don't even think there's an avenue there to go so and, and I still don't get it. He tries to explain it to me. It doesn't make any sense to me. But. Uh, yeah, I use Snapchat, but I don't, I have a public profile on it, but I, it's, I don't know. It's not like what the other social media outlets are. And so I just, I just use that for communicating with people I don't know with. And go mm-hmm. on. So yeah. I get people to add me on there all the time and like, Hey, and like, <laughs> they're like, Hey, are you the warden on TikTok? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> they're like, this is cool. And I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. But it's just kind of, I don't know. You got to take the good with the bad with it. Like I said, I try to keep it pretty lighthearted, funny, and like educational. Uh, I try to keep all the, like when people ask me all these questions about laws and that's what yeah, it's a lot of things. I'm like, man, I said, I'm in Oklahoma. Right. These people are asking me questions from freaking Alabama to Maine to Mm. Oregon and all these other places. I can't answer those questions for you. I can tell you what the law states here, but I can't answer you what your state law is because there's so much difference. So like I'm pretty close to the Texas line. There's a, there's a whole lot of difference between us and Texas. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can only imagine trying to answer a question from even Louisiana to Florida or all these other places. And I'm like, I can't help you there. And I even like on the recruiting side, which I get a lot of people asking me questions, how to become a game warden. And that's mm-hmm. that was really the selling point 
for my department on let me keep doing because I had so many informational videos on how to become a game warden. Yeah. And they were like, we like this outreach because, and with you being in, in that is that the triple R, the retention, yeah. retain, uh, retaining and whatever like we got to retention we, and retain. There you go. I missed the recruit part, but they, yeah. they're all about the three R's. And mm-hmm. so like, and so they're always asking me these questions. And that was a big selling point was that they went through all of my question and answer stuff. And then all the comment sections is, Look at the questions that he's answering. It's like there's no difference in him answering this question here than going to through town and 15 people stopping him. It's the same, same thing, same questions. And like, and so like I don't know, I've been doing a lot of recruiting and trying to because like as well as you know, as I'm sure New Hampshire is the same way as here, is it's hard to get the the qualified and the those type of people that the standard of where we're at yeah and we're not wanting to we're not wanting to downgrade and we're wanting to keep that standard high and so i don't know it's just kind of you know like we show some stuff that like fun stuff what we do like on the boats and atvs and stuff like that and it's just kind of one of those deals like there's that kid that we sitting there that likes to be on a boat or likes to not necessarily likes to hunt or fish but likes to be outdoors like hey i kind of like that and then i don't know it just kind of you got to weave your way through all of it. So, yeah, absolutely. And your post that the, the tools that you use amaze me because, like I said, I just skim the surface. You know, you're pulling out these little things with your hands and little things to say about wardens. I, one of your one of the ones I looked at was the warden jokes there. Oh, uh, you yeah. were pulling out that was that was hilarious. And then commenting on them or reading them out, and <laughs> yeah, just a, a good you know, things that we see all the time that come out and you just group them all together and are pulling them out. And I was like, that's amazing and funny, <laughs> engaging, yep. you know, uh, <laughs> and that's, and so, and for some, like I said, I've been in law enforcement since Oh nine is whenever I first got in. And so, I mean, I've been on for a little while and <clears throat> police kind of have its own, like their own stigmatism, but for some mm-hmm. reason, game wardens, we have a horrible, reputation across the nation as just flat out being sticks in the mud and blah blah <laughs> blah and like we're just and, and i've heard you say this on other podcasts of the, the uh, with other uh, with other wardens is the fun police like no we're not we're not here to run your time but we have a job to do yes and like i don't know i that's what everybody i've had literally people well they'll engage me be super hostile and like towards me in a comment section or a video section and i just start kind of just bsing back and forth with them and then before too long it's like you know you guys really aren't that bad (laughs) no man like we're normal people but just the same as in any profession you have different personalities yes yeah and like even within my department within my district my personality isn't the same as the next guy down the road from me in my own district in my own department Mm-hmm. And the way I view things and the way I work things is completely different than how like my lieutenant or my other guys that I, I share borders with that I work with all the time. But that's why it works, because mm-hmm. and I've heard you say this several times on when you were a supervisor, you wanted a, a subordinate supervisor to be opposite of you. So you get that opposite views mm-hmm. So that way you're not all looking at one particular thing 
and you're getting a broader picture. Yeah. So like whenever it's coming up the like on a case or an investigation, you're not so you're not getting so tunneled in on this one thing where you're missing this extra law or this other uh this other part of it where you could be working another angle where you're getting this broader view to where you can do your job better across the board and whenever you do that you're going to have different personalities and you're going to have conflict personalities Mm -hmm. that's just the way it is and especially most law enforcement types we're all type a personalities that's just (laughs) that's just part of it this is so funny you say that i was in high school again recruiting and this girl says towards the end she goes raises her hand she's like uh, I don't have a question, but I have a comment, really. She's like, uh, you seem like a pretty nice guy. My my local game warden's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I went down that road, you know, and game wardens have bad days, too. Yep. Um, we all have bad days. Maybe you caught him on a bad day. Um, always found you catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar, oh, that yeah, type yeah. of thing. And you know what? I, I told her, you know, I've had my bad days. One of my nicknames was Rabid Wayne, and I earned that. Because I, 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 I'm slow to anger, but when I get there, hang on. Uh, I'm a rabid animal, and, you know, some people have seen that. So uh, the guy that gave me that nickname, I, I'm still friendly with him, and someday we're going to have to do a podcast on, on Rabid Wayne. But uh... <laughs> Yeah, like, it's like I'm, I'm kind of a big guy. I mean, I'm 6'4", 300. I'm a big dude, and but I'm, I'm super big. chill. But I was also, like, where we live at, it don't bother me to square up with anybody. Like, I don't care, but I try to use that's where like me coming from the prison, you better learn how to talk and you mm. better learn how to negotiate real fast because in that setting, no matter if you are the baddest cat on the block, eventually somebody's going to tag you one way or the other. And most likely it's not going to be a good situation. So I, that's, I learned real quick to use my, use my mouth and to talk my way out of situations to where it's not escalating into worse, worse situations and using comedy kind of helps me uh, with that. So Mm -hmm. I try to make, if I can make people laugh and smile, they're usually not trying to punch me in the face. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. And it's the, the big guys usually attract that, I remember being at, you know, domestics and the big guys, the one he tackles always, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not the little guy. It's, you know, they could be a group. They always pick out the big guy. Yeah. And I'm like, that doesn't even make any sense to me, no. but the big guys I know gotten more altercations through their career than the little guys. So yeah. I don't know if that skills to fight because little guys can be awful mean too. Oh yeah. But, uh, it was just funny how, uh, you know, they would pick out the big guys and it was, you know, right out of a group of police officers, you know, it was just the, that's Crazy. the whole mentality. That's the biggest one. I'm just to take him out and the rest of them maybe will run. <laughs> I guess. Okay. My, my friend Eric Johnson was a trooper and he'd show up and I watched them square off with guys. And I'm like, I just don't get that. You know, I mean, he, he's like your size and just big as life. And, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and why does Eric always get picked on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's me. I'm like, yeah. Oh, man. So it's a. Uh, yeah, sometimes it's a, a curse being big, but I'm sure it's helpful at times too. Oh uh, yeah, is that a good thing? You do rodeo too, right? Yeah, yeah, we we rodeo and we do all the ranching a, and all that stuff. Being a big guy doing rodeo is that plus minus? That's a minus. They want, to, <laughs> yeah, they want you to get there off their backs even faster. Yeah, so like <laughs> rough stock events are out. Like I don't, I haven't done a rough stock event since I was probably in the fifth grade, and the last. <laughs> 
the last deer I ever got on dumped me on my head and I broke like three ribs and that was the end of rough stock for Ty. And <laughs> so that was it for me. Uh, so we started doing more of the timed event stuff. And then even then, because by the time I hit uh, uh, my sophomore year, I was like 6'2", 225. And so I, I uh, bulldogged and rope calves and I team roped a little bit, but we started, uh, we always kind of worked for a rodeo company. And so I started more doing, I started more working at the rodeos than actually competing because you're guaranteed a paycheck that way. So <laughs> I started doing that. And then like now that's like, we hardly compete anymore. Uh, my sister still ropes a little bit. My mom does some like show horse stuff, but like, uh, when we go, it's, we put on a lot of rodeos and stuff around here and just, that's like I said, I'm guaranteed a paycheck that way. And it's way easier on my body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Getting dumped you on your head when you're six, four and 300 pounds is that's a lot of hurt. <laughs> yeah. That's a definitely, definitely a lot of hurt. So, so game warden stories and, and can we do the TikTok spin? Uh, yeah, we were talking some earlier cause I, it's, it's just a unique thing. Cause I don't think there's too many guys doing it. Is there other game wardens out there with TikTok accounts? I, I mean, really, you're the only one I follow, and I think I'm the only other one that I know of, but there may be some other guys out there. There, There is. There's not very many that post, but whenever – so TikTok used to allow me to have my DMs open for anybody to message me. Mm-hmm. I was getting all kinds of messages from across the nation from wardens, and which – all of it was super supportive, and like now I've got a pretty decent uh, like uh, network of wardens mm. across the nation, from Washington to Louisiana, uh, Georgia, um, like several uh, like the Carolinas and stuff like that. Then you guys up in the Northeast, so I, there's there's probably a good probably ten that I that I know of, but there's only me and a couple other ones that actually post stuff. Um, there's a which I don't know is Tennessee, which you know more than I do on that. There's a the girl that I just seen. She are they called Rangers? That they're game wardens? Are they Rangers there or is that? I don't uh, think so. Officers? I think they're conservation officers. Georgia's Rangers, so I think um, Missouri's agents. I think Tennessee's conservation officers. Yeah, and so I, I well I just me, seen, but, uh, yeah see I don't know for sure because I just seen this uh, girl like this past week that's starting to make videos and. She's in uniform, but it says Ranger, and I don't know if she's a state parks or a wildlife, but I've seen yeah. her making some stuff, um, which is kind of funny. And there's a couple of Texas guys on the coast that make some pretty cool stuff. Um, but like I said, and then I got a uh, there's a federal guy that's called the uh, Froggy Warden or something like that. That he lives down here by me, and he's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> you know, he doesn't really post a whole lot of game warden stuff, but he's He's pretty funny. And then Mark Hanna, which is one of our guys uh, here in the state, he posts a little bit, uh, which I absolutely – that's my big goal was to get him to a 1,000 followers so me and him could do a live. And so he – he uh, I've been trying to get him to a 1,000. I think we finally got it. And our banquet's coming up this next weekend. I think me and him are going to do some live stuff at the banquet just because it's cool. so funny. And, uh, and then so, I don't know, like I said, I've got – a pretty good uh network across the nation now because yeah. we should do something live too yeah yeah i'll uh i said we'll get it all set up because now that where you can do the multiple guests and stuff like that which have you ever met mark like i know uh, mark Hanna? i don't think so uh, 
So they call him Butterbean. He looks just like the boxer Butterbean and big guy. And he is the funniest dude I, that I work with by far and just an awesome personality and awesome man. And we laugh so much every time we get to grab each other. And so he just, he's just one of those fun guys that I like to hang out with. And, perfect. Uh, so, but yeah, he's, he's cool. And, and it's so like his, his TikTok name is the green jeans, Butterbean. So <laughs> he cracks me up. But he's he's a funny dude. Yeah, I'll be following him. I'll add to his thousand there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like I said, he's a cool dude. Hey, and, and I'm sure uh, all our listeners that have uh, TikTok accounts will be there, and yep. some of them, I guarantee, will be making TikTok yep. accounts. So there we go. Um, for sure. Uh, I, I, I everybody thinks it's, it's just the dances learn. and stuff, but it's man, there's a whole lot more to TikTok. Oh yeah, than what everybody thinks. And there is so, so much more. Like like where we were going with the cases and stuff is man. I, uh, just because of the simple following that I have, I get tagged. It's amazing what people will put on social media. Mm -hmm. And I get tagged in all these videos of people doing dumb stuff and illegal stuff. And so I send it across the nation. And I said, I've had to send actual emails with incident statements across to multiple different states because they know of a case and they know of a situation that happened, but they don't have the evidence that all of a sudden, boom, I'm sending them, Hey, here's a video of it. And they're like, <laughs> this is awesome. Where did you get this? I was like, uh, I got it on TikTok." And they're like, how? I was like, I got tagged in it like 10 times. <laughs> so like, a big one that happened was out of Alabama. This kid spotlighted a deer uh, behind Walmart in, in town. And he's a big buck. And he shot him with a bow, but they videoed him spotlighting it and everything. It showed the kid's face. I, I say kid. I, it was just a younger person. Yeah. And so, well, the, the wardens in Alabama knew about it, and they they knew about the deer and that it was spotlighted. Well, I get tagged in it. Well, I start posting or I start sending it out, and all of a sudden my my phone, like they're, they're messaging me directly. Hey, we need that video from you directly. I'm like. No problem. I said, give me an email and I'll send it to you straight across from from my state phone to y'all. And they were like, all right, cool. And they were like, we've been we've been trying to figure out who done this. We've known about it. We just didn't have a suspect. I was like, cool, here you go. Next day they're like, we got him. Perfect. <laughs> Sounds awesome. good to me, man. And so I get I don't know, stuff like that happens, which like I said, I've got oh, uh, I think we added it up. I've got uh I think 12 different cases across the U.S. that I've given them the leads or the whatever for them to go do the work their cases. And mm -hmm. So it's it's kind of been a cool networking tool for us, but that's not what I have TikTok for is to not make cases because that's when I'm sitting at home not wanting to be working. That's not what I'm wanting to do is work. So <laughs> <laughs> that's just more work. And so I'm like, but it's part of it. And like I said, yeah. It, and the, peop the, the the cool thing is people are trusting enough to send that to me because most hunters and outdoorsmen are, they know the system and they know why we're here and they right. respect, they respect nature, they respect the deal and they want to do right. Mm -hmm. And they look at it and that is, I've had this conversation several times with a bunch of younger people is it's not that, okay, what you're doing, yeah, that's legal, but why put hunters in a negative light hmm. like we're all advocates for the same thing like we're not here 
because we want to come run your fun, take your guns, keep you where you can't hunt, blah, blah, blah. There's a reason why we're here, the conservation side of it. Mm-hmm. Whether you believe that or not, and you think that we're a unconstitutional tax on your liberties to do whatever you want to do, that's fine and dandy, but look at history. Like mm-hmm. I've had this out with a bunch of those guys that are anti-government. I'm like, it's, I'm not going to argue with you facts. Just look at history. Look at what Asia's going through, Africa, on their wildlife. We went mm. through that. That's why we have the North American model, and that's why all of our species have came back and have been flourishing. So right. I, it's and so like our state, our big conservation push was our white-tailed deer, which everybody thinks is trophy stuff, and I mean everybody likes hunting deer here. But we literally at statehood had like seven hundred deer across the entire state, and now like. We have these big, huge seasons and all this stuff about deer. And like our, our resource was able to come back and to flourish. And now like our elk population is coming back and then our bear population is back. And it's just, and it's not us doing it. It's the people that want it done. And so we're just the tool for the people to, to get this back because they want to see that wildlife and they want to be able for their kids and grandkids to have that wildlife. So no doubt. that's where it's at. No doubt. Any international cases you made? Because TikTok, I mean, let's face it, it's just not here. It's everywhere. And I know even with my social media, it's amazing who listens to the podcasts and where. I mean, I got people in New Guinea listening to my podcast, Australia, Ireland, uh, Sweden. I'm like number three in Sweden, believe it or not. In the, cool. in the outdoor pro- profiles. So it's just, it's kind of crazy. Uh, the reach a social media has because it's international and uh, B podcasting or anything electronic. They have, you know, ties and certainly, um, you know, TikTok is no different, even probably more so as it has international implications. Right. Uh, I, I see a lot of stuff from overseas, but I, I don't know. I don't. It's hard to know the rules, huh? <laughs> yeah. And like I said, so I, I haven't really had any cases from from overseas because, like I said, I don't know what they allow and what they don't. Because it's hard enough to keep up with my stuff here in my state, let alone the states around me and in the entire nation that people are sending me stuff. So, like I said, I haven't had anything from from overseas yet, and but I I don't have your connections either. So, (laughs) Uh, you'd be surprised. I mean, people that reach out during you know electronically. So it's just it's just crazy. Yeah. So I was just curious because, you know, I see a lot of international. I, I have a post on Facebook. I think I'm at 1.5 million people reached and it's it's getting crazy in India. And which, you know, we kind of excluded India just because it was getting out of hand. And all it is is uh, badges and barrels. We're, we're shooting shotguns at clay clays. So right. I'm not sure if it's something they can't do in India or they, have no, you know, it just seems to explode it, uh, oh, yeah. which is really strange, but also a lot of uh, especially on social media and things they can do. But like I said, I'm amazed at the tools you can do, the learning, because I don't even scratch the surface when I see the stuff that you're doing with the split screens and, you know, somebody else's video. And, and I'm like, it's just, it blows my mind because I can't keep up with everything else. And then uh, we're, we're, we're onto that. And I'm like, it, it's creative too. It's dang right. creative. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I try to do that. I try to be, I don't know. I don't really do the trends and stuff like that. I kind of go. No, you off don't. The, the, <laughs> I haven't seen I you do, do one of those funky dances yet. No, heck no. Like yeah. I'm not like, 
I like to dance and goof off, but so there is still a professionalism. Yeah. And that's one of the deals. I mean, because I mean, I still yes. have a job to do. Like me being funny, that's just me. Mm-hmm. But like I'm not one of the, the guys that just dance and act completely goofy. Like, yes, I like making people smile and laugh, and that's like part of my personality. Persona. Like if you come to any yep. like if you come to any of my classes, like my hunter ed class or my snake programs or any of that other stuff. Snake program. I, oh yeah. Oh, boy. That's, where I, that's where I've been at all morning. We're, we're going to be doing another podcast. <laughs> I got snakes in the back of my truck right now from it. So. Uh, it's just great. <laughs> yeah. That's a line. I got snakes in the back of my truck. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is real. Like, it Only is, an so. Oklahoma game warden could say that. My God. Maybe, <laughs> I, maybe there's a lot of others. I'm from Florida, all you southern states could certainly say that, I guess. But yeah. I saw New England wardens. Uh, we, we really can't say that. I got a snake in the back of my truck. But yeah, there yeah. again, you just never know. You just yeah. never know. We were down at the Great American Outdoor Show, and uh, <laughs> me and uh, Brandon were doing a, an interview, and the snake guy comes in with all the snakes. And, you know, and, and at first, uh, one of the snakes, I, I thought it was fake that it was handling because it didn't move. And all of a sudden, it moves. I'm like, holy crap, these things are real. <laughs> and every now and then, you could hear that you could hear them moving in the boxes while we're doing our interviews and i was like uh yeah <laughs> it's unnerving for somebody that doesn't uh, deal with it a lot yeah and so like well the snake program that we do is me and another guy actually created it out of <clears throat> i had a uh a county eoc uh guy came to me he's like hey do you have anything on venomous snake for our county workers I'm like oh yeah i can come up with something so we started building this program. Well, then some of the local schools, the they had some connections there. Well, me, I, I don't know. I try to, I kind of add a flair to a whole lot of things. And so, like, I taught this program. Well, part of it, I was like, well, I want to have something real for them to look at. And so, I had a buddy of mine that caught snakes a lot, and he had this box full of all these diamondbacks and timbers and these venomous snakes. I was like, hey, bring me that box. So, we'll set it up in this deal. So, as I'm talking about these traits and stuff that you're looking for, for these pit vipers and like what we have here in the state, I was like, when it's all over, I could show them like, like up close and in person, this is what we're looking at. Well, then all of a sudden the school's got a hold of it and they were like, Hey, can you come do this? Yeah, sure. Well, now we've done, we started that in 18 and we do public programs. We do school programs. We do boy scouts 4-H. Wow. That's like, a full-time a, job there, Ty. Yeah, from April to the first part of June, we teach a lot of programs, which is it's all outreach stuff, and the yeah. department likes it because it's something different. It's it's putting our department and us as game wardens in front of a lot of people, and so they they like it, and it's it's really informative. But it's mm-hmm. it's different than just your like. Well, we're gonna learn about Mueller, Mueller, and like so. Like me, I try to make it. TikTok. We're gonna learn. So I, I try to make it entertaining, and so like the best way that I know to make it entertaining is like to make people smile and laugh, and so like I'll kick jokes and make people laugh. I'll embarrass myself and various other people, and then of course, like when you're dealing with a bunch of little kids, it's hard to keep their attention, even yes. when you're talking about snakes and stuff like that. But so I usually have like a non-venomous, like a little rat snake or something with me. And so if I'm starting to lose them, I'll pull that dang rat snake out in the middle of them. And like, I'll be talking about it. And their eyes are like, ah, they're like, oh my gosh, 
And so, like, I'll pull it out and be like, okay, is this snake that's one going to hurt me? And uh, they're like, no, it's got – then and they go through all the traits that we have here for venomous yeah. non-venomous snakes. And they're like, I was like, see, that's what I'm needing you to learn. And, then, of course, I got, like, this timber rattler in this box that locks to strike the dang glass. And I tell them, <laughs> hey, like, this year, this timber rattler, I've never had a timber rattler be so aggressive. And usually they're just cool up, lay down, and don't do nothing. This dude will strike the glass all day. And I'm like, which you, you have to watch because it'll hurt himself. And I'm like, hey, y'all back up, back up, back up. And sure enough, one will get, come up to the deal, wham, <laughs> right, right up on the glass in their face. And they all scream and take off running. I'm like, ah, I told you. But like, you see how fast that was? I was like, so I don't know. We have a good time doing that stuff, and, which I make my, my hunter eds. Hunter ed can be long tedious and mm-hmm. boring but like i said i i try to make it fun and entertaining and so <laughs> that's just, engaging yes yeah. and that's uh, exactly and I, I i learned how to teach from what i liked the teachers that i liked i'm sure you yep. you did too the ones that i actually learned from that were engaging and yes. most of those were entertaining and we did different stuff we just didn't do the the normal stuff we get up we did this we did that we yep. did you know we talked a lot we uh had to do our book work too but it was uh i think i learned more not book learning so yes. to speak uh i'm the same way yeah i come from a family of teachers my mom's a teacher uh three or four of my aunts are teachers my sister's a teacher so wow i come from a family of it and which my mom's super entertaining like you talk to anybody down here that's had her for the last 30 years they're like she is like my favorite teacher was your mom like she, we were always doing weird because she's a science teacher which go figure where i'm at and for clarifying that so like like she's she's a biology teacher and like so the labs and experiments that she does are super interactive and and just different and so Mm -hmm. everybody's like i can't tell you how to do this math problem but i know every part of the human body from her anatomy class and you usually think about anatomy class oh man human anatomy sucks but like her deal in whenever they would do human anatomy is you had to build a human body out of trash uh-huh. and that'd be life size. <laughs> so like you, you had to build, like put all the organs, bones, like, and you had to build it out of trash. And so everybody talks about that because it's, it's something that that's nobody great. else does. And yeah. so, oh, that's, I kind of emulate a lot of that. So thanks mom. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So uh, another good game warden story in Oklahoma, uh, what what uh, case you got uh you know one of your favorites or something so like away from all the social media stuff we'll get we'll go to actual yeah. traditional game warden work yeah. so my favorite one that i tell and it it was just one of those perfect storms that just god put us in the right place and just the good guys won um so my days off at the time were wednesday thursday but we were deep in the like hunting season and so you got to switch your days off and stuff because people know that stuff like mm-hmm. we were talking before cameras us as game wardens they know where we live they know where we're at and so they know when we're rolling and when we're not and so like it was a thursday the neighboring county uh the warden over there which the he was a uh he's a he was a young kid when we first got started we got hired the same year but about eight months apart uh, and he was just out of college uh, but really, really green when it comes to actual law enforcement work. 
which I've done a lot of law enforcement work. And so I know that. So the lieutenant was like, hey, every chance you get, this is his first deer season. This is your second one, but take him with you because just help him like help him along where where you succeed at. Teach him that stuff and then we'll teach him like where everybody else succeeds at. We're just kind of we'll help him along. All right, cool. <clears throat> so I called him. I said, hey, man, I said, uh, let's go run a decoy. And I've got two inter- uh, interviews I've got to do on some cases. I said, come over. We'll run the decoy. And then whenever it gets dark, we'll go do the interviews. All right, cool. So I had a ride along with me from local college. And so we go run the decoy. Nothing really happens. It was kind of a dud. We go do the first interview and it was a convicted felon. And I had pictures of him, his girlfriend. He had taken her hunting and they were hunting in muzzleloader season with rifles. And he's a convicted felon. So we go up, interview this guy, get him kind of squared away. And he knows he's messed up. And I'm like, all right, here's what we're going to do. Because the DA is like, hey, go interview him. Top it up. We'll do a, a, a revoke on him since he's uh, felon in uh, possession of a firearm after former conviction. All right, cool. So I, I write him his, his tickets for the hunting side of it. But they said they wanted me to top it all up, do a PCF, David. We'll do a warrant for him on the rest of it. All right, cool. So we're going back to the sheriff's office. Well, as I'm going back to sheriff's office, I call the second young lady that I was needing to do an interview for, for another warden out of western part of the state. So I call her while I'm on the phone with her. I get a phone call from a, another warden to my east, the next county over. We get to the sheriff's office, and I'm supposed to be meeting this young lady to do her interview. And I was like, oh, man, I need to call that warden back. So we go in the sheriff's office. I'm grabbing a cup of coffee, and we're just kind of BSing there. And I'm like, So I call him back. As soon as I call him back, I hear sirens in the background. I'm like, I was automatically, I just sat down. I jumped right back up. I was like, Brian, where you need me at? He's like, I'm headed to, there's a little, like, where my county and these other, like, there's, like, three counties that all meet up up here at a river, and it's kind of no man's land. And there's a couple of big ranches and stuff, and there's, like, hey, I just got a landowner. and called and said these guys just right at dark drove in front of his house, shot a buck right across the road from him on the one of the big ranches and he's watching them he said they just dropped them off and truck left he said we're heading that way he said but i'm coming from further up north i said all right man i'm here uh i'm here at ada i said i'll swing across take me about 20 minutes to get there he said all right we'll be there about the same time all right cool so i grab my right or i take off out the door forgetting i had a ride along and (laughs) shay was the other warden that was with me and so ride along jumps in with him we jump in light up take off and so we're booking across the county we get over there and uh we start running our low band where we could all talk to each other brian and zach which were two other wardens that were responding from the other side they were we were about three miles from them on these set of back roads we black out and we're creeping down through there looking trying to ease in there to them and so whenever brian and zach got to this dead end road where these guys were at they were like hey they're they're here and he said we're this to work our way to them we need y'all to come to this next intersection because they're working their way south all right cool so we're easing across blacked out and just kind of creeping through there paying attention well all of a sudden radio keys up and it's shay the, the warden behind me he goes hey there's a lot right here i'm like no like they're supposed to be like a half mile north of us and we're not even to the where where they're at he's like no there's a lot right here in the in the creek and I'm like, all right. So I go up, turn around and come back to him. 
And so we're out with night vision and thermal. And sure enough, like you could see them walking through and they had this little bitty light. And it was, it turned out to be in their cell phones. That was the only light that they were using was their cell phones. And so they were easing out using cell phone or well, whenever like in night vision, you could see them. Well, then they would get a little ways and they'd stop and black out. Well, you couldn't see them no more in night vision. So I had my thermal and like, I'm seeing them. And so I radioed to Brian and Zach. I said, Hey, do y'all, are y'all out with these guys? And they're like, no, we lost them. I'm like, we got them. They're like we're a mile South of y'all. I said, come back down to the intersection. Y'all told us to be at, I said, we've got them right here. They're coming out the road. And they're like, no way. I was like, yeah, so they're, they're coming right to us. We're parked in the <laughs> middle of the road <laughs> and we're just sitting there. We just kill our trucks and we're sitting there. And so, uh, we're, we just sit there and wait on them. Well, they come over and like, we're watching them. They cross the fence right there to us. And like, we're 20 yards from them and they just walk right up to us. They never knew we were there. And so me and Shay, which, so the backstory about Shay, Shay played college football. And so, like, I'm not worried about anybody outrunning me because, like, they can outrun me, but they ain't going to outrun him. He was, a, he was a, a linebacker and a defensive back in, in college. So, this dude can fly. Uh-huh. And, and he's a big, stout kid, too. And I'm like, you know, if they run, I ain't worried about it. So, I'm like, well, we let them get across the ru- or get across the deal. We see a set of headlights coming toward us. I'm like, all right, there's a, ru- there's a ride coming. I said, let's go. I said, Shay, let's go up there and grab these guys, and we'll just flag the truck down when it gets here. All right, cool. Well, so we ease up there and I, I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at them in my thermal and we get up there. Like it's, it's kind of like, there's not any moon. Like it's, it's dark, dark. I put my thermal down and I pull my light out and we're literally like five feet from them. I blast them. Like game wards, get on the ground. The first dude, pew, airplane. The next dude took two steps and went to this, went to the fence. And I'm like, I wouldn't do that. I like, get on the ground. So he stops, gets on the ground. So we grab them too. And we kill our lights. Well, his truck's coming up, and I was, and so uh, I'm like, this has got to be these guys. It's like, so we're putting handcuffs on them. Well, they're like me and Shay yelling at them. The girl that was right, that was the ride along, she couldn't, she didn't know what's going on because we're like, we're down the road from her just a little bit, but she can't see. She just hears all this yelling. Well, she grabs our low band radio, which is what our talk around radio, <laughs> and she just gets on the radio and is like, y'all might want to get down here. Something's going on. <laughs> and like, I didn't know any of this. And so, <laughs> the car comes up to us and it's a car well i just bumped my flashlight in the bar ditch well this car just pulls right up to me and stops i just step out in the middle of the road lit him up and i was like it's so i walk up there to the driver this driver's eyes are like this big and he's just nervous looking up at me and i'm like hey man how's it going he's like uh, uh, uh what what's going on i was like bud you're either in the right place wrong time or you're doing something you're not supposed to i said were you here to pick them boys up and about that time, the mother wardens had came down. And their their trucks were all lit up, coming to us because the girl had radioed that, "Hey, y'all better get down here." <laughs> well, like this dude's like, "I don't, I don't." Uh, he's stuttering. I'm like, "Hey, man, I said, why are you here?" And he goes, "That's my cousin. I'm here to pick him up." I was like, "Yeah, get out of the car." So I get him out, pat him down. He don't have anything with him, and so what had happened? And they were smart. Like these kids were were smart. They were driving around back road and shooting. They were, they were shooting deer. They shot this buck, dropped two of them off, left, switched vehicles, and came back. Like, this uh, is old school tactics. It is old school, yeah. And came back in a car. And so, but they're they're using cell phones to mm-hmm. talk back and forth to each other. But it just happened that we lucked in on them. So, we tag all three of these guys. 
and we ended up finding the deer the next day where they had dropped out the deer had went up north where they had went south around a pond dam mm. we found the deer so we ended up smoking these kids pretty good for it we leave and come back uh we we go get them we get the the gun they shot it with and we get everything lined out we follow them charges we go back to the we go to a different convenience store and this older warden that's that was with us he'd been on uh he's probably been on 15 16 years something like that he said i can't believe that blanking happened i was like what do you mean he said it never works out like that where there's four of us in one area to be <laughs> able to space out and catch these guys like that i'm like no joke I mean, which we're all like all of us that were there all the younger guys i mean we'd all been on like i'd been on the, the longest and that'd been two years and this other all the two guys have been on for only a year and he's like it's never happens where they just walk out to us yeah and i was like all right cool so the next week the same exact area get another call of like the exact exact same road of spotlighting so me and zach go up there and we're sitting there brian is with the landowner out in the field looking for the deer but they're blacked out using thermal and night vision trying to find this deer that these guys had shot and we're sitting about a mile to the north of them on this big hill on a dead end road well, we see a vehicle come by and Zach's like, man, he, it's coming towards us. Man, I think they're running a lot. I'm like, no, dude, I, I didn't see it. They come up to the intersection in front of us and they come through. It's a one-ton dually pulling a stock trailer. I'm like, dude, it's a freaking old farmer. I mean, which here in Oklahoma and here in the fall, it gets dark at five o'clock. Like mm -hmm. they're just, I said, some old farmer. All right, whatever. He's no, I swear I saw a lot. Well, it's a bald field, uh, all this open field to the, the east of us. And we're watching it go across, and I'll be a monkey's uncle. This dude didn't stick a dang spotlight out across this field right to it and shines us. <laughs> Zach looks at me, and I'm like, go, go, go. He's I told you. <laughs> All right, cool. So we run down the road. He never – he didn't have a clue we're there. We get up behind him. We're calling Brian, which is – it's in his county. We're like, hey, man, right, we got we got one spotlight and come down here. So we stop him tag him for spotlighting and like i'm sitting in the passenger truck or the passenger side and i'm like so we're creeping up this stop sign i said as soon as you light him up i'm going he's like all right cool i said so make sure you're over on the pat the driver's side so that way he's looking driver's side i jump out on him as soon as he lights him up and i had to clear a 20 foot freaking stock trailer well, I, get, I jump up over the kids looking out the back, the, the side window over here trying to unload a gun. And I just walk up and I, I just walk up, open the door, and he's, he just looks at me. Where did you come from? And I was like, you better get your hands off that gun right now. And so it's loaded firearm. He, he was fiddling with it. He couldn't get it to jet because he's watching behind him. And so I get him for that. And so we get all that done. I, we leave. And I'm going back towards the house and I'm back road, you know, like game wards do. We all back road our way back. Yeah. All of a sudden I see light sweep. Where did that come from? So I'm looking, looking. I come up to an intersection. I know it's back to the east of me. Well, I'm radioing the other guys that are all heading home. I'm like, hey, y'all get headed back down here. I got another light. And they're like, no way. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and so I get turned. Sure enough, you see this freaking light go wham right across the top of me from the next hill over. I'm like, I got him. I said, y'all get head this way. Here's where I'm at. We're on the way. So I ease down this road and I'm blacked out and like they're in front of me. Well, I thought I'd heard a, a pop, but I, I, the wind was blowing and I really couldn't tell. Well, 
what they were doing, they weren't spotlighting per se. They were standing in the middle of the road and they had a 22 mag and they were shooting beer cans with the 22 mag in the middle of the road. Well, I didn't know this and I kind of easing up there to them. Well, luckily they had just ended and got back in the truck, but they were still shining a light around. And so I come in head on to them and there's no, which man, I'm sure you've had to do head on stops because it's just mm. how it happens. Sometimes we don't have that option of sometimes getting behind them. So I just blow up on them real hard, which my truck, the, I will say this, the year model that this truck that the department gave me will light up like a starship enterprise. Mm. And I've got some extra lights on it and I can make this thing bright. So I roll up on them. I bright light them with everything I've got. Well, dude stops and because they see red and blues and this big starship in front of them. I jump out on them and you see the guy look over at the passenger and the passenger automatically does this. And I, I'm like, I walk up there. I said, you better get your hands off that gun real fast. And he just like looks at me, still trying to, he's got a, it's a semi-automatic uh, 22 mag and he's jacking shells out. And so I snatch him out of the truck and I put him in handcuffs. I grab the other guy. Well, the dang kid in the passenger seat is 13 years old with his stepdad. Uh-uh. Uh, you talk about, which the older guy that got there lost his crap on this dude. And we chewed him and we wrote him for dang near everything we could write him for without taking him to jail. Mm. And that, so we had a real hard come to Jesus meeting after that deal, which actually I ran into the guy. Uh, I got in a pursuit with a side-by-side a couple weeks ago where they wrecked out. And now the guy's actually on the fire department and they, I've had several people say that after that incident, this dude's completely changed his nice his mindset and the things that he does. And he's on the fire department here, the local fire department. And like he was already a business owner, but he became a really, really good citizen. And so that's three lots in the matter of uh, a one week span that we tagged in this one area. And we finally got the word out about like, these dudes will come get you yeah. and out of nowhere. And so in a couple of like, which that was, like I said, that was like in, that was an 18, uh, it's been 20 or 21. We, I was, I transferred over to a different County, but I still neighbor this whole area. And we were working out at a gym. Well, as we're on our way, we get a call and I'm the warden that's when my old County was with me and he's the one who gets the call. I'm like, well, let's just go up here. It's just up the road. So it was about guys trespassing. Well, there's this river bridge. And so we talked to the guy. And so we go to the river bridge. We light our trucks up on the bridge and all these ATVs are down below us. And so we're talking with these guys and we're like, hey, I was like, you guys are good in the river. Just do not come out on people's property. Everybody's getting tired of y'all coming up on property. So we're conversating back and forth with them. Well, we never told them we were game wards. We just had our red and blues on. And so they're like, yeah, man, we've, we've heard about the game wardens coming down here and, and DUI and arresting all these people, which me and this other warden look at each other. We're like, <laughs> All right. Which neither one of us, this is our, of our counties. And we haven't done any of it. We're like, yeah, man, uh, that's what we are. And they're like, all of a sudden you see them all stop and look up. <laughs> and we're like, they're like, and this out of nowhere, this dude goes running. I'm like, what? He's Runyon, is that you? I'm like, yeah. 
in which they all like there's like a group like 20 people well they all stop and look at him well then they're looking back and forth at me and i'm like who in the heck is this guy and he and like out of nowhere this dude goes hey this ain't no joke y'all do not mess with these guys and they were and i'm like where in the heck i don't know who is this i said who are you he's like I'm the one that you guys jumped in the ditch that was over on Brahms Ranch that one night that my cousin came and picked us up. And he was like, <laughs> I was like, he was like, you guys were so sneaky. We never knew y'all were there. And there was like four of you. And so he's telling all of his buddies down on the river about that night. And we busted them because whenever they were trespassing on this ranch and yanked them, we jumped them in the middle of the bar ditch. Like we were there. They weren't there. Then we were there. And so it's just, this whole long roundabout story comes to this one week of stuff. And like, it's just kind of how like you build a reputation of being real of how things work. <laughs> so, yeah. Like that, that whole, that one week of this weekend to this weekend, like set up a whole lot of like people around here that they know that I will come get you, but they also know that I'm fair and I'm nice and like, I'm not a jerk about it, but that's probably one of my, like, I know it's, you wanted one case, but it was one case that turned into a whole yeah. <laughs> rabbit hole of scenarios. <laughs> oh, that was, that was excellent. No, thanks for sharing that. That's uh that's great. That was a super cases for sure. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, thanks a lot, Ty, for uh, joining the, the Warden's Watch podcast. I, I appreciate it. And I appreciate everything you're doing on TikTok, like i said before you're meeting this next generation where they're at and that's so important and to do it on an individual basis is is, is personal it's not a department trying to reach out it, it becomes personal to them and you become yeah you become personal to them and they become personal to you so it's kind of a, a unique situation that you're doing and uh i appreciate it immensely because uh you're being a very f effective at it probably the most effective i've seen so I it's that. yeah I I was listening to, and I can't remember which one of them that it was, you're one of your latest ones of, uh, you guys were talking about where like now you're starting to get the kids that were, they've reached out to you because of your social media. To yeah. How do you get here? And how do you go there? Uh, I've got a, there's a kid that lives up North, uh, man, like Michigan or Ohio. And I started talking to him like two years ago. He's applied with Maine and New Hampshire and you guys. And I, he just, uh, I think he's about to get hired with one of y'all up there. Cool. And I, he reached back out to me and said that that he was getting hired. So it's kind of a, I don't know, it's kind of a cool, cool feeling. It of, is. Of being, I don't know. Like I said, it, it was just complete accident. But like this is what I wanted to do since I was 17 years old. And so I had to, I mean, I had to work my butt off and fight to get to where I'm at. Yeah. And so. I had help along the way. I met people. I got put in situations to where it benefited me and I learned. But if I would have known some other things along the way would have increased my odds, I probably could have got hired a whole lot sooner mm -hmm. and to be able to do this career that I absolutely love. Yeah. And like, I don't know, like me and my lieutenant were on a boat a couple of like a month ago. And he just looks back. He just turned around and looks back at me. He's like, you know, we're getting paid to do this, right? <laughs> I'm like, I know. I, we're both sitting there with huge smiles on our face down on this little creek that goes into a river. And like, we're getting paid to do this. Like, this mm -hmm. is for an outdoorsman and a hunter and fisherman. Like, you can't ask for a better job and a better career. Yes, there's bumps along the way. And there's days I dang hate doing what I have to do on some things. But 
in the hall. Like, I love my job, and I know you loved it just because you're still doing it. <laughs> and you have such a passion for it. And, and like, you and John are, like, the way you guys are continuing to to move things forward and to bring more awareness, like, like you guys are great. Like, uh, like I said, I know you're giving me props, but, man, props back to you guys and credit where credit's due. Um, I know, like, before I even really met you, like, I was promoting y'all stuff because I'm a fan. Like mm. a fan of you, a fan of what you guys are doing. And it took for a couple of podcasts to even realize because like whenever you're a game warden, you don't watch like the Northwoods Law and Lone Star Law. <laughs> I watch a little bit of it, but so I, true, you're right. <laughs> and I and it's I'll watch it from time to time just uh it's the same mm. thing as like reading like Terry Gross books and yep. like, Terry Hodges and all those guys. You live it. <laughs> and but like every now and then I'll flip that stuff on just to kind of remind myself or look at a different angle or something mm-hmm. like that. So, and I like listening to those, like, like whenever I'm patrolling, I'll throw on a Terry Gross, like wildlife wars or Terry Hodges and them guys. I'll listen to those guys while I'm working because it puts me in that mindset. Yes. Same thing with listening to you, like you guys talk, like whenever I'm patrolling, especially knots, cause you're trying to stay awake. I'll listen to your podcast and like, I'll listen to the thing green line with John and all those guys. And it's because it puts me in that mindset of, reminding me why I'm doing this and the mission of where we're at. And so like props to you guys, uh, cause I wouldn't have near the success with the little bit of stuff that I do if it wasn't for guys like you that have kind of paved the way for it. And yeah, I, I've, I've done my side on the, the TikTok and, and that kind of social media, but like in the, the big scheme of it, the big picture, man, the following you guys have is amazing. And like, I'm honored that you even considered to bring me on your podcast, like more than what you'll ever know, my friend. So, uh, so kudos well, to you. Thanks for saying that. We, that's why we it. do it. We certainly, that's why we do it. And we, we love it. So, um, yeah. yeah, I don't even know how to follow that up, Ty. So. <laughs> Sorry, we got mushy there at the end, but yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think you guys realize the impact that y'all have on like across the way it works. Uh with the things, the outreaches that you guys do. And like I said, I, and so I give a lot of props to you and John and for, for you guys staying, staying true, because I know just from the, like my little following and what I do, I catch a lot of heat from it. And like people make fun and poke fun, but I have way more people come up and say, Hey, I appreciate what you do. And I love what you're doing. Mm. So it's, I know you guys have had to go through the same thing on Absolutely. that and, you guys are on a much bigger platform than I I am, and like I said, it's major props to you guys. And like well, said, we're all rowing in the same direction, and you far exceed us in the TikTok avenue, which <laughs> is uh, just it's great. It's great the game wardens are in there and engaging this next generation. Like I said, that's the only thing they seem to be interested in when I go to the high schools. Uh, I got yep. a TikTok account. And by the way, check out Ty Runyon. He's got a much bigger one than I do. And he's <laughs> he's funny and engaging and that th- they love it. So, uh, yep. no, TikTok Ty. I, I like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of wait we're I don't know. I, I, we, uh, we walked in on a guy uh, like a year ago on a public land and we found his truck. We walked in on him and like I made contact with him and the other warden, Zach, was at his truck and he had corn in the back of his truck, which you can't bait. Well, here we're a baiting state, but you can't bait on public land. Uh-huh. So we were like, hey, we're having a conversation. And he was like, no, he said, I live just over here. And he's like, but we're not seeing anything. So I just came over here to hunt. I'm like, All right, cool. He goes, 
wait a minute, I know you from somewhere. It's like, no, I'm in this in my county. And he goes, wait, you're the warden on, on, on TikTok. And I'm like, and Zach looks at me. It's the first time I was ever, I was actually noticed. This is way back. And I'm like, yeah, man, I do some stuff. He's like, he's like, hey, man, he's please don't, 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 don't put me on, on, on TikTok like that. I, I don't want to be known as I've messed up or anything like that. I'm like, dude, you had not even messed up one and two. Have I ever done that to anybody? I'm like, no, that's not what I'm about. I'm not trying to shame anybody. So, but like, I get noticed a lot and it's just, I don't know, it's fun. And I just roll with it and go on, have a smile on my face and absolutely go on yeah. about it. It's, it is well, what it is. Good connections. And that's what it's yes, about. It's making that connection to recruit and retain uh those three r's and yep. that's, that's that's so important in our in our game now to reach those the next generation that's kind of the i'd say like falling off a little but maybe we're not meeting them there where they are and that's what you're doing so i think uh more need to do uh figure out where these kids are and how to how to get them engaged and get them outside because once you've experienced it yeah yep. you'll never go back and if you want to be a game warden there isn't a better job out there so For sure. thank you sir thank you man Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures, protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experience of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from game wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves game wardens. This is Game Warden, Wayne Saunders, 